What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the She's Unoffendable podcast, where that she is me, your host, Rebecca Hamilton. I'm a law of attraction expert, an alignment life and business coach, a speaker, a realtor, and a soon-to-be published author. I love to help people bridge the energetic gap between where they are and where they want to be so that they can live the life that you've like dreamed of. To find out more about me or how we can maybe work together, you can check out my website at www.she'sunoffendable.com. You can also find me on Instagram at she's unoffendable. Okay, y'all, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I want to welcome Rachel O'Rourke with me today. I am so super excited to have you here. Um, this was like when you, when we talked about doing this, I was like, yes, totally want her here. Um, she is, for anybody who doesn't know her, she is in a high level business and life coach um, for purpose-driven women, which I love that. She's an international motivational speaker and the founder of Spark Personal Growth Experiences, among a lot of other things, like being awesome, being a mom, being alive, <laughs> all the things. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. When you put a, a social post out that you were doing interviews, I was like, any chance I can get to talk to Rebecca, please sign me up. Yes. That's totally how I felt. So when I saw that, I was like, yay. I have, yeah, it was, it's good stuff. So tell me about you. So Ray, let me give you guys just a little background on how Rachel and I even met. Um, was because I applied to be, she does, at, oh, she, we'll talk about that. But at the time she was doing uh, every year a, um, a speaker format for women. So I applied and I ended up getting, getting on. And so that's how I met her. And we just like instantly, it was like, yeah, she's about so many of the things that I'm about. So it was, it was instantly easy to like her. So I'm going to give you the platform for a minute and tell us like, tell us about you. Well, I love that's how we met. I have met the most incredible women through Spark. And so Spark, for those of you who don't know what Spark is, it, it started out as just a, a small conference for women four years ago. And every year it's doubled in size. And um, this year it was supposed to be at the Oregon Convention Center. It's always the third week of September. And of course, COVID has made us have other plans. So um, it is going to be virtual this year, which I'm actually excited about. I found a, a production studio here in Portland where we can actually do an event that's not like, you know, traditional Zoom rooms, which I think people are kind of sick of. Um, you know, I know I am. Um, that being said, um, Spark, so because Spark started as out as a conference, it's actually grown into a really incredible community and um, platform for, for women to learn more about personal development. And it's like hit its massive stride this year. It's become a, a six-figure business. It's uh, just like way more well-known. And I just announced actually a couple weeks ago that um, I've decided to walk away from Spark, which I think I people are shocked about. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally shocked. And the way that this all came about, uh, I was feeling just kind of restless, you know, over the last few months. And a lot of that has to do with COVID. I mean, people are stuck in their houses. Life has changed. Um, a ton hasn't changed as far as work-wise for me because I've always worked from home. Um, but I knew 
something had to shift in my life because I was feeling, I was feeling that that poke, that that inner, that inner knowing that something had to pivot. And I've I've had that feeling before when I was married to my ex-husband, which led to a divorce. I've had that feeling before, like right, stuck in uh, stuck in a corporate job, and which I ended up leaving in friendships, lots of different occasions. And I think we all have that, that restless feeling sometimes. But for me, the way that I process through that and figure out, okay, what needs to pivot is by getting the hell out of my house and just hitting the road, going somewhere. And which I've never done on my own before. I've always done like, okay, let's go on a family road trip or I'm going to drive to the coast for a day. And this time I just felt called to be more adventurous and I ended up hitting the road for a solo road trip for seven days. I went to eight states over seven days and oh, wow. um, spent a lot of time out in the desert and down in Sedona and in hiking in Moab, Utah. And um, it was life-changing, unbelievably life-changing. And I kept, I kept feeling this, this whisper that that something, something with spark needed to change, which I kept pushing down initially because, I mean, you work so hard. I have worked so hard the last four years to build up this, by any source of measurement, thriving business. And it wasn't feeling good anymore. I, I have a lot of people who need a lot of my attention and I'm pulled in 20 million different directions. And um, the thing that feels most fulfilling to me is the creating those deeper personal connections. And I've lost so many of those mm-hmm. because as I'm, I mean, I'm a mom of four kids. I have a husband. I run two businesses. I also own a marketing agency. And um, like I was not connecting with my friends. I wasn't able to, to enjoy having the amount of clients that I normally have. Like I have got two clients right now and like, that's what I really enjoy. So Long story. This is a long story, but um, to shorten it up, I decided to. Sorry, tell the story. <laughs> I decided to give it to to my first ever employee, a woman named Janelle. She's amazing, and she's incredible. And she she was the perfect person to hand the torch to. And as of October first, right after the the summit this year, um, I'm going to be pivoting and still, of course, I'll be a part of the community for forever because I love those women, but mm-hmm. uh, my attention's going to shift and I'm really excited about it. I can't tell you how many times people are, have come up to me and they're like, are you sad? Have you felt like the, have you felt like that regret? And I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty solid in this. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, this is like, it's the most amazing thing I was saying to you earlier. I love the idea of um, changing our minds and that, I mean, and that pivot, change your mind. I mean, it's all kind of in the same realm, but the idea that we can just change our minds and we can, you know, decide, Hey, this is the next thing to do. And I think so often we get tied to that big result, that outcome. And Mm -hmm. that's where you start losing joy because you're attached to this outcome, you know? Couldn't agree more. And, you know, we spend, it's okay if you spend a ton of time climbing, you know, a mountain, a specific goal that you have, but if you don't ever stop to like pause and look around and make sure you still like the view from where you're standing, mm-hmm. then you could find yourself like feeling, feeling like I was right. restless yeah. and um, not really being able to put a pinpoint on it, but it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but you. And that's, that is, 
excellent advice. And it's so true. And, you know, in those, in those moments, I think when, especially when we're like tied to that thing, I'm not saying we were tied to that thing, but thinking of our listeners and where, you know, sometimes we kind of make an odd pivot to where the thing becomes more important than the journey mm-hmm. and the destination becomes more important than the journey. And that's when you have this burnout, this fatigue, this disinterest, this, you know, these things that happen. I think, you know, as, as business owners, I mean, that's like something that we have to look out for. So like when you look back, where, how did you first start to notice that just as from a perspective of somebody listening, you know, what are some things that you are going through and you're like, okay, I think I really need to make a change. Um, you know, I started waking up in the morning and starting feeling not super joyful about what was on my calendar and not excited. And like that right there is, is a typical red flag for anybody. Um, if you, if you have, and if it's a consistent, obviously we, we go through bad days, we go through bad weeks. It doesn't like, I'm not talking about those, those one-offs, but if you're consistently waking up in the morning and you've got a solid morning routine and you're visualizing what you want your day to look like, and it's still not quite hitting the mark of, of the way you want to feel at the end of the day, then, then that's for me, I, it's when I need to stop and think like, okay, what is not working? And the process that I went through, I wrote down what am I really enjoying in my life? And I did this somewhere like day three, I was in Colorado and there was this huge thunderstorm and I pulled out my journal and it's like, okay, it's time to actually figure out like, what do I want right now and what's not working? And when I wrote down a list of what I wanted and how I wanted to feel, I want to feel adventurous. I want to feel spontaneous. I want to be able to um, have like really close friendships and what wasn't working um, at this point in my life, it was constantly feeling busy. And I used to wear that busyness, like this badge of honor, like I'm so busy. Like I'm so, I must be so successful. I've got two successful multi six figure businesses and like check, check, check all of the things that I thought that I wanted or that I should want in my, in my head. Right. And uh, once I got clear on what I wanted and what I didn't want, I just let it marinate for a few days and waited for the signs to come and waited for the downloads because inevitably they will. You just have to get really clear on um, what you want and then get really quiet. And that's the point for me going out into the desert and hiking by myself and disconnecting from everything. I got quiet enough to hear the very loud signal that uh, what needed to change for me. Yeah. So that road trip was kind of epic, right? I mean, you got to give me some more about the road trip. How did that go down? I mean, give me logistics here. Like, <laughs> what happened in this road trip? Like, how did this happen? So I, so I have an SUV and I just laid down all the back seats and got one of those camp mattresses, like the foamy ones, and laid it down with the sleeping bag, got a nice chest, brought a tent just in case I wanted to sleep outside of my car. And gave like a a loose outline of where I thought I wanted to go. I knew I wanted to end up in Sedona. I've never been. I've heard that it's this, you know, massively spiritual hub. It's got all these energy vortexes that people visit. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to get some sort of download, it's going to be in Sedona. (laughs) (laughs) But the the route to get there was kind of loose. So I started, I live in Portland, Oregon, and I ended up going through Idaho um, and 
spent more time in Idaho than I thought I was going to, which by the way, FYI, if you are afraid of getting the coronavirus, do not go to Idaho. Nobody there wears masks, not one person. Um, and so I went through Idaho and then went down through Utah and I stayed the night, um, my second night in Utah. And I thought that I had wanted to go down through Zion National Park and make my way to Sedona that way. And then somebody on Instagram tagged me in a post of somebody that was hiking in this area uh, called Moab, which is beautiful. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I want to go there instead. So it took me on a completely different path, which led me to then go through Colorado and New Mexico, which I hadn't planned on going. But um, the area in Moab, have you ever been to that area? No, I've never been. I've never been West. Oh, oh sister. I'm East Coast person. I've never been West. Okay, well, if you, west we, I've been is Texas. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty west, southwest. But that's it, though. Like <laughs> nothing in the middle, just Texas. Oh, well, when you're ready, I highly recommend this area. It's, I mean, it's just imagine this. It's just these beautiful red rock plateaus and mountains that are just jutted out of the earth. These huge, beautiful canyons. Lots of desert, so there's sand, and the Colorado River just kind of carves through it all, and. Um, my first plan when I went there was to go to the place that this woman was hiking in and she had tagged on Instagram. I was like, okay, that looks beautiful. I want to go there. And I get there and like the parking lot is completely full, tons of people that are there. And I'm just like, this is, this is not the solitude that I'm really craving. Yeah. So I ended up um, just following the Colorado River until I found a trailhead and um, ended up going on like my, the first hike of this entire trip and it went on several afterwards, but um, I was hiking for like three hours in the desert, zero cell service, and um, kind of got lost quite a few times because they have these little green markers that you're supposed to follow, and a lot of them were faded. Ran into a rattlesnake. Oh my God. And yeah, so I'm like, I might die out here. I'm there's a rattlesnake, and I have no service. And what would happen if I got lost? Like nobody's out here. I didn't run into one single person the entire trip, but. That was when I first actually felt like I, I was able to, to start unprogramming from my, just the, the rituals and the habits and the thoughts that you have when you do the same thing over and over again every day. And getting in the quiet and being able to actually be by myself and have zero distractions, um, that allowed so much clarity to come through. And from that point on, I, I think I went like on seven or eight different hikes. Um, the most magnificent being Cathedral Rock in Sedona, Arizona, one of the energy vortexes. Oh, really? Oh, my. I felt like buzzing energy throughout my entire body. It was incredible. And um, I slept in my car most of the time. I did tent for two nights and just slept by this river. I bathed in rivers. I packed a ton of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, and yeah, you were rough uh, at it. You were like, it was, in. yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, this was not like some glamorous retreat. Uh, it was definitely just fly by the seat of my pants. And um, I had so, you know, here's the thing that Rebecca, I had so many women reach out and say, I, I always wanted to do something like this, this, I, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's terrifying being by yourself. Um, and then I also had a lot of women reach out and say, wow, your husband let you do this. How did your family let you go? And I was like, okay, yeah. sister, people, <laughs> <Not honestly. laughs> 
<laughs> Thankfully, my, actually, my husband was the biggest supporter of this trip. He was like, absolutely, like, go out and do your thing. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. But you know what? Even if he wasn't, uh, we this is the whole problem with, with the patriarchy, you guys. We do not need permission from anybody. Yeah. And um, obviously, we want to be able to have support. Um, but you don't don't let that hold you back. And knowing um, what you're signing up for, I mean, I think that, you know, we're, we get into these honeymoon phases and relationships and we go, oh, that's no problem. Oh, that's no problem. Oh, that's no problem. And you look over so many things and then down the road, it matters. It matters yes. if you don't have the same values when it comes to raising children. It matters if, you know, it just, it, certain things really matter and it's easy to sort of look over them. So yeah, I think being aware of that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Could not agree more. I mean, especially on the big things like parenting. Absolutely, do not settle for that if you're in the beginning stages of finding a partner. It's very important talk to talk about, about that. We talked about it. You know, like some people don't even. You know, these younger kids that when I say kids, I mean twenty, whatever, twenty one, twenty whatever. But and you know, you end up and we're going wherever we're going with this, but you know, you end up getting pregnant or being, you know, with somebody and getting them pregnant and you've never had the conversation. I was so like aware of how I wanted to raise the bar emotionally, like intelligently and just like in relationship to all of those things with my son. Cause I'm like, these things matter. Like they matter yes. a lot. We weren't talked to about them. I'm sure you weren't either. No. No, not at all. And I mean, you're, you just painted the picture of my entire first marriage. Yeah. I was 21 when I got pregnant and it was unexpected. We actually just broke up and found out I was pregnant. And so of course the logical thing to do is get married, have more babies. So nine years later, shockingly, uh, I, I found myself in a marriage that like was never set up to work. We're way different people um, and way different types of parents. And if you can avoid that, it makes life a hell of a lot easier because um, co-parenting, even when you're divorced with very different values is this whole other wild ride I could write a whole book about. But Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that is. So, so yeah, and I could relate to the, you know, to women going, oh my gosh, well, what if something happened, especially if it's completely out of their norm? Like for me, I'm like the beach. Like I would go to the beach by myself for, you know, seven days, <laughs> but to go hiking, I don't, I didn't even know they had flags for hiking, um, to get you where you needed to go. That made me feel a little better, but I'm thinking like, if you don't have cell service, what if you get lost? Like, how do you know how to find your way back? Are you using a map? So that's, that's good to know that there's flags. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're actually painted rocks. They paint rocks with like this green stripe. But, you know, if they haven't been maintained in, you know, a decade, they, they get really faded. And that's where I found myself a little like, am I, am I lost? I'm not sure. I haven't seen a green rock in a while. Yeah, but I, uh, I think it makes you a complete badass. I mean, honestly, I do. I think that that um, belief in yourself is something that we could all use more of. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, I think we all do need to, to trust ourselves more of what we're capable of. And I mean, we're also painted that this, the world is a really scary place. And obviously there is things out there that are scary, but most of it, you guys, is good. Most people are good. Um, most 
most situations are good. Most people want to help. Most people want to take care of each other. And I just chose to focus on that. And rather than like the, you know, one murderer that could be trying to find somebody (laughs) sleeping in her car. (laughs) Right. Well, and I, like, I have a mantra I said, said forever that people are mostly good. That's like this mantra that you have to, or you can get consumed and all of the other things that people would like for you to remember. But when you put it in perspective, it's like, no, people really are mostly good. So I I completely, I completely agree with that. And having more of that, we need more of that. We need more people saying that. Yes. Yeah. Especially right now. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, I think people are really thinking the worst of each other right now. And I mean, we, like one of the beautiful gifts of being human is we have these wild imaginations. Like we can conjure up anything, any situation, any scenario in our heads. And the, what most people unfortunately are programmed to do is to think and imagine the worst case scenarios. And it's because our brain is trying to protect us and keep us safe and keep us alive. But this is why so many people don't do the things that they want to do. Like all these women who reached out and they're like, I've always wanted to do that. But like, what if this would happen? And what if this would happen? And what if this would happen? And I said, okay, well, let's stop and think about this though. Instead of thinking about the what ifs that of everything that could go wrong, think about the what ifs that could go right. Use that imagination for a positive thing. And um, if you start thinking that in, in every kind of scenario though, you can start to reprogram your brain where you're not constantly fearful when anything risky pops up in your life. It just takes a lot of habitual and ritual. Um, I mean, I love affirmations. I know that you believe in affirmations and mm-hmm. um, there's just so much brain science that that just, if we just have to be more intentional with our thoughts and to reprogram yeah. what we want to believe. Yeah, the idea that we can, re- and it's funny that you say that because that's such a huge belief of mine is that you know, what if it does work out like every single thing and it doesn't, and yes, the risky things, but even starting a business, do you know how many people talk themselves out of starting a business because it might, might fail or how many people talk themselves out of, you know, I mean, I think that there's, there, it's building up our sense of faith in something bigger than ourselves and faith in um, the process, like the process is not talked about or like loved on enough. I feel like People are, um, you know, it's like, well, if this happens, then what do you do? Well, if that happens, then it's just part of the process and it takes you to the next place. But I don't know about you, but I've had some very terrible things happen in my life that have on the other side of those been really great things that I've always wanted. So I'm not saying that you have to go through them, but why not try? I mean, you don't know where the thing is that you want. You, you don't know where that path of least resistance is to get there. So, it's so and it's almost never what you think it's going to be. It's almost never, never what you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is Steve Jobs. And he says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at your life, you can see the dots of connection. Like I had to go through this horrible experience to lead me to this amazing experience. Right. Um, but I also don't necessarily believe that quote to be a hundred percent true because I think you can connect the dots looking forward. You just have to look for them. And that's like when you are going through 
something unexpected or you're going through something rough, start to look for the opportunities. Like, how can this be something that is good for me rather than something like, here's an example of a friend right now who's going through a, a pain, the beginnings of a painful divorce. And she's focusing on, um, she's trying to, to shift, but she initially is focusing on the 17 years that they had been together and what this, you know, how in the moment, the grief, and it's completely okay to experience grief and to sit there for a little bit. But I highly encourage people not to stay there. Try to think about like, okay, what is actually possible for my life now? How could this make sense? Mm-hmm. And also just realizing that just your focus is enough to make you feel good or bad so that you really get to decide how do you want to feel do you want to be happy do you want to be right do you want to like what is the most important thing to you so yeah i completely uh, agree with that that we do have to be um we do have to be aware of how we focus and allowing yourself to feel bad is great and i love that you said that because i'm a huge advocate anybody knows that knows me knows that I'm about feeling how we feel. Cause I think so often we are trained out of it. Like, well, but there's kids in Africa that, or there's, you know, this person doesn't have this too. So, you know, woke up this morning, so (laughs) you need to feel good. And um, I agree that you have to, you know, feel it, but then, you know, use those bridges, take yourself out of it, use your focus to start to sort of bridge the gap so that you're able to slowly bring yourself out of it instead of just sitting there and wallowing in it, which is a completely different place. Yes. God, I, I couldn't agree more. I was just having this conversation with my, my youngest, he's 10 and he was upset about something and I'm like, okay, well, listen, I understand why you're upset. You can, you can sit and be upset for a while, but when you're ready to feel something different, come talk to me and I can help you with that. Mm -hmm. And I think it was maybe 20 minutes. He sulked in his room about something and then he came out and he's like, I'm ready to feel different. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Isn't it great? Like raising the bar as a parent though, and being a different, like, I feel like I know you as a parent, even though I don't know you as a parent, (laughs) I feel like I know it from like online stuff and things like that. But I was super passionate about that, about just raising the bar as a parent and really giving my son some emotional and spiritual tools to use to create the life he wants. And um, it's fun, like stuff like that, what you just said is like, that's fun stuff to be like, hey, you know, you have some power. Are you going to take it? Because I don't know about you, but that was important to me. I grew up feeling like I had no power. So once I figured out I had some, I was like, all right, y'all watch out. Cause now I know. Game on. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me, and let me just tell you though, I'm, I'm by far no means like the perfect parent. I, I fuck up regularly. Yeah. And like just, just a couple days ago, I lost my temper and like I was yelling at, at one of my kids, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, I totally lost my cool and ended up like going for a walk and leaving the house. <clears throat> and then I came back and we sat down together and I was like, I totally lost my cool and I shouldn't have yelled at you like that. Um, but I still, I, I still feel like you really disrespected me and mm-hmm. this is how I wish I would have handled it. And I think that that piece, the whole admitting that you made a mistake in front of your kids was really hard for me when I was younger. I mean, I was a young mom and um, it's 
that piece right there, I feel has been one of the, the biggest shifts in my parenting where my kids can, can learn from my mistakes, especially when it comes to my mistakes with them mm-hmm. um, and admitting. And now, you know, and right after that, he was like, yeah, I was, I was wrong too. And I'm sorry for this. And it just allows that conversation because we're just, I mean, we're, we're learning as we go as parents. It's, yeah, it's causing mutual respect. Like to me, when you're just being real with your kids, it's just, I'm not a perfect parent for sure, but I, I'm not even sure that being the perfect parent has anything to do with parenting, if that makes sense. I kind of feel like the perfect parent has something to do with how much you're willing to work on yourself, because that's really the only thing you can do for them. Like, like I've lost my shit before on my son, <laughs> like, you know, and then like you come back and said, okay, you know, my bad, or, or he'll be like, mom, you, this really was, I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe you're right. Um, whatever. But it's like that constant push to evolve ourselves to me is it's not perfect, but to me, that's the perfect parent. Uh, I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, there was a moment, um, and you know, you never know if your kids are even listening or even paying attention to the way that like, yeah. You're living your life. And um, I went through something rough when so when COVID hit, my marketing business, which is a huge part of my income, took a significant hit. And I had to take my employees down from full-time to part-time. And uh, I was sitting on my living room floor. And I was just like, I just found out I lost another marketing client. And I was crying, like sobbing, crying. And my 13-year-old daughter comes in and I explained to her what had happened. And she put her hand on my shoulder and she's like, mom this is just turbulence. It's going to be okay. And like I had had some, I didn't even know that she had heard me share this story, but I was sharing with a friend that, uh, it might've even been my daughter. I don't know, but that when, when you feel turbulence in your life, AKA like rough times, it's typically because something really great is supposed to happen. Just like a, a fighter jet right before it hits mock speed, the whole cabin shakes violently. Right. And, hearing her give me that advice back that I'm like, you actually listened to me um, was one of the most proudest moments of my life, but it taught me a lesson. And I'm like, okay, God, you know, we can learn from each other. And if I can have more of that, just every once in a while, God, universe, spirit, whatever, like you, please just remind me occasionally that I'm doing a good job at this and I'll, I'll be solid. Yeah, no, I completely get that. I mean, from, from where I stand, I think, you know, like I said, I think being real is such, so, I mean, it's really what we're all trying to get down to, right? Is like, how can we be the most real, authentic, truest version of ourselves um, on this planet? And to me, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to hear your, your idea of sort of like our purpose. Not that I, I mean, I really honestly think our purpose is joy, but I think that that's how you get there is getting down to that. So I mean, like as a parent, that's a great way too, um, just to be real because at the end of the day, that's because then you don't have kids that are wondering um, what words mean what and what energy is what and you're misreading because your mom always says everything is great when inside she's going in her room and crying every night. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting these mixed mass match energy and words. Do you know what I mean? I yes. Kind of a little bit, but go ahead. 
No, well, I, when, as you're talking about this, and as we were talking about what what it means to be the perfect parent, I think I think we try so hard to show up in a way that uh, we're, we're we're constantly thinking about what other people are thinking about us. Mm-hmm. And there's I'm going to mess up this quote, but there's a, a quote out there by this gentleman named I think his last name is Cooley, and he says. I am not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am, right. which is confusing, but it, it's, it's basically saying like our perception of ourselves is such a mess because oh. we're constantly worried about what other people are thinking about us. Yeah. And so we, are, we walk around trying to hide our emotions and be untruthful about who we really are and what we're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, vulnerability is one of the the keys I think to fixing so much of what's going on in our society and like being really honest about like who we are, how we want to show up our opinions and not worry about stepping on other people's toes Uh because that's how you learn. And that's how people connect. I mean, one of the biggest things I think that has made the spark conferences so powerful is women get up and they share on these these stages and they just share really vulnerable stories and not stories that you know make them look really great stuff that they've been through that's really hard and it allows women in the audience to think like okay well god it, i can share more uncomfortable stuff about myself too and those threads of connection um create these just bonds but also just this permission to be able to show up way more authentically yeah and it's kind of such a process. Social media makes it really hard because everybody is really wanting to to share their, their, oh, their good yeah. sides. I have many clients that that is maybe my number one thing that I hear about maybe from the last out of the, yeah, I mean, at least 50%, maybe more of my clients talk about that and about the social media thing. And the piece that I think is interesting because I, I look at vulnerability as just not having a solid understanding of ourselves. And so we're not fully embracing who we are. And so that the, 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 the space between who we are and who we want people to believe we are, when, that, when there's a gap, that's where vulnerability hangs out. And vulnerability means you can hurt me if you don't agree with it. You can hurt me with what you say. So obviously you're on the She's Unoffendable podcast and that's something that I've worked on so much is that I completely agree that allowing people to see our so-called negative or not that great things, those scars and those truths are what connect us as humans. It is what makes people like when I put out everything about my husband and I finally came out of the closet um, after many years of hiding it, I got more support. I've had more people and not just about prison for instance, but also like I had a lady reach out and she was like, you know, I just love you because I stood with my husband through a traumatic brain injury. And so she just could connect to that. And so we tend to be very critical of ourselves and think, well, nobody will understand, but people are feeling things on all different levels. And one of the best things I think we can do for ourselves and what you do at Spark is a piece of that, which is owning it, just owning who we are, because none of us are perfect. Every single one of us has things. And I'm just so about removing that vulnerability because I don't think we have to have it. I think that that is, um, 
and you see people go I'm about to make a vulnerable post and I'm like but it doesn't have to be like what if you did the work inside so that you could stand up in front of a crowd and say it or you could put it wherever you wanted to and I mean that doesn't mean we don't ever have a feeling about it but you get what I'm saying right yeah no completely completely and that's if it becomes who you are and becomes just a part of who you are, then this it's not vulnerability anymore. It's just being honest. Right. And, and I've had clients before who were like, how, you know, how do I really connect and engage with my audience? Share a lot more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like not just the good stuff, but right. anytime I've ever put out a blog post or sent out an email to my community and it's talking about like something I fucked up it, like doing yeah. as a parent or a way, like a mistake that I made, a flaw that I found in myself that I, like I thought that I had already gotten through. That I get by far the most responses, the most people who are responding saying like, "Thank you so much," I, I, because I feel that way too, and it's one hundred percent the best way to grow your business and to grow your online presence in a way that. Like truly, and authentic is a word that is thrown around a lot, but it really, like, that is really, really like the people that are there are meant to be there, and you're going to find the be- the best clients, new friends, like people that really are in your corner. The idea that you're only trying to talk to the people who can hear you, like so many times we get caught up and we want everybody to hear us. We want everybody to, it's like, no, not everybody's your people. Like as soon as you, I mean, we are all one and all of that, but I'm saying like in terms of energy, in terms of wavelengths, not everybody is your people and that's okay. And so it like takes the sting away to, you know, whatever somebody might be able to say, you could start using haters as, you know, a sign of success versus a sign that you've done something wrong or whatever, you know, so that's uh, a hard lesson for, for people pleasers. I'm a recovering people pleaser. Girl, me too. wanted everybody to like me. And I think all of us are to some extent. I think some of us are wired in certain ways where we don't where it's not as hard. I think for some people, like, I don't know how into astrology you are, but um, I had an astrologer um, explain astrology to me, like it's more of a blueprint versus where you end up. So if it says, hey, you'll be by the water, then your choices and stuff is gonna determine whether you're gonna be a cruise ship director or bomb on the beach. Um, But I do think, you know, some of that stuff this, I mean, we all have certain personalities and, you know, some things are going to be harder to let go of than others. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. I can see that. I'm, I mean, there's, there's so, I'm an Aries and there's so many Aries tendencies that I, I can look at and think, God, that is so me. It's so interesting. Have you looked at your rising sign though? So, yes, I have. I've known my, so there's three different signs, right? your moon, your rising, and your sun. Yes. And I know I'm a double Aries in two of them. The third one, I can never remember. I'll have so to here's the again. distinction. This is how I remember it because I'm a Scorpio, but I'm an Aquarius rising, which makes me seem more outgoing than I actually can. Um, <laughs> and then my sun, I mean, my emotions are also Aquarius. So my moon is Aquarius. So um so the rising sign is how the world sees you and your sun sign is how you see the world. So I always thought that was like a really good way to break it down because people can think like if you're a double Aries, then you're like, if you're sun, if you're rising and you are an Aries, then you're like all on deck with Aries. 
but like Aquarius could like not be different, more different than Scorpio. So that's like a, okay, people have to kind of probably figure me out. Like, what the hell is she about? Is she a jerk or is she nice or what? Who is she? <laughs> oh, now, I'm so curious now. I need to, yeah. to dig a little more into my. The other my... one is your emotions. Like your emotions uh, is your moon. So whatever that is, you know, that kind of tells you how you deal with emotions. Like for instance, if you had a Capricorn for your moon, it would mean like you were like cold-blooded or, you know, I could just think of a couple off the top. God, there's so, so much to learn. Isn't there? There's always something. Well, I like have loved this conversation and I like to wrap up all my conversations so far. Like I say it, like I've been doing this a while, but you know, you're just number two. Um, <laughs> I want to know. Um, so there's something going around social media right now. And I think it's a great question. I'm sure you've heard it before is what is that number one, it's hard to pare it down. Number one piece of advice that you would give your younger self to make your life a little bit easier, to make your journey a little bit easier. Oh man. Number one. Um, God, there's so many pieces. I think, um, I think if I were to give just one piece of advice to, to my younger self, knowing who I was growing up is just, I think I would tell little Rachel to really just trust yourself, mm-hmm. trust yourself. You always know what's best. Nobody else can tell you what you're capable of or what your life needs to look like. And yeah, because and I think that can really work for anybody. But for for little Rachel, I spent a lot of my, and the, the majority of my life, not trusting my intuition. And once I started actually believing and trusting in it, God, my life changed so quickly. Isn't it amazing? We're super connected. I mean, at the end of the day, we are, we are. You have like I like to think about the fact that we have universal knowledge it's available to us everything that anybody's ever done is out there it's just tuning in and when you believe like you said when you believe in yourself that is the you know that's it's huge there's there's nothing bigger yeah and and life can change so quickly like there's because the, the god the universe source whatever you're whatever you want to call it is is constantly giving us giving us signs um, to, to move in the path that is, that is, you know, where we want to end up, how we want to feel mm-hmm. and, and what we wanted to do. But the, the whole actually following the signs usually means doing something that is out of your comfort zone. It's going in a, a direction that uh, your brain says, no, that's not safe. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's taking the leap, trusting and yeah. moving in that direction anyways. And the more that you do that, the more signs show up, the faster your life changes. And I mean, three years ago, I was stuck in a job that I hated making like, you know, getting payday loans in order to make make my rent. And, you know, now I, I own two like, highly successful businesses, work for myself and get to travel anytime that I want. Yeah. Um, 100% because I've taken a shit ton of risks. Yeah. No, that's, that's so true. And um, yeah, you have to be willing. That's step one, right? You have to be willing yeah. you have to be open 
to the possibilities and it's interesting. I mean, I could literally sit here and talk to you forever. Um, it's interesting how much when, like I, I know like with my clients, when I drill down, they're not open to it. They're not even considering it. And so there's just so much work to do. And speaking of that, tell me what you're doing next. So we know that, you know, you're stepping away from the Spark community as running it. What are your, what are your plans coming up? Oh, so, so step one, I'm, I'm going to open up taking more clients because that's where I've been really enjoying. So instead of just working with two women at a time, I'm going to work up to eight women at a time. Um, but I also want to take women on adventures, those who are willing and not wanting to maybe go on like a seven day road trip by themselves, but have a guide with them and someone who can, it's kind of like coaching on the road, but I think it's going to allow women to have a lot more change and transformation in a short amount of time because they are disconnected from their daily life mm -hmm. and able to actually to get quiet and step out of their comfort zone and, and have somebody with them. And I feel like you have to be present more when you're in unfamiliar territory. It's like Stuart Wilde back in the day, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He um, talked about your sixth sense and talked about, you know, um, the pattern interrupt. We hear about it now in sales and different things, but that's always been a concept too in spirituality and how, you know, uh, there's an idea of doing a tiger walk where you walk on the ball of your foot first instead of the heel or um, taking a different route um, instead of getting up and doing the same exact thing every morning, do something different because it helps you to be more present. And when we're present, we can, we have much more ability to um, direct our attention and not work in auto drive um, mm -hmm. through our old perception. So I feel like and I mean, who am I? I don't know. But I feel like the idea of you doing that when you were talking about that you went on this road trip, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like an amazing thing for you to like actually guide other women. Think of the women that that sent you those messages, um, and then have this some sort of resource for after they've like done this with you. Now they can actually have this resource that, you know, helps them plot out a map and tells them what to get together and whatever. I don't know. This is just Yes. Enough, and and reminds them of what they said that they wanted to do when it gets hard. And yeah. when all of a sudden, you know, the, the sign says turn left when every, the whole world says turn right, somebody to help them turn left. And yeah, because it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, it's, it's feels like every one of my little spidey senses says this is such a an aligned next step and i'm super stoked about it and i want to travel more with my family as well and you know especially with school you know probably going to be virtual at least for a good chunk of the time again next year mm -hmm. like we don't have to do all of that from the four walls of our home why are we not getting out and being in nature more and traveling more and doing so obviously in a safe manner where we're not you know yeah. putting ourselves at risk as far as, you know, the pandemic. But um, that's the great thing about, about um, just hitting the road in a car with a tent. Like you don't have to be around a ton of people. It's actually probably safer for you. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I homeschooled my son. And one of the things that I will always love is that we were able to travel whenever. And you never get that time back with them. That's the thing that always went through my mind is like, 
you know, for me with school and this is, you know, whatever, everybody has to do their own thing. But for me, you know, I just didn't want like teachers and kids to have more influence on his energy than I did. And even though he was in, you know, in all the sport, did all the things, um, he, you know, I was able to do that. So, but being able to travel whenever you want, the mm-hmm. freedom that, that you get from that is you can't, you can't buy that. Like, it doesn't even mm-hmm. matter where you're going, dude, you can go a city away, but the fact that you can, it's just, there's something about that that's so liberating. Yes. Yeah. And then you're, I mean, you're setting an example for your kids and teaching your kids that like they get to create what their, their, like their normal looks like, what their day looks like. Yeah. I've been, um, since last December, I've been unschooling one of my children uh-huh. and the, I don't know if you know what unschooling is, but it's. I actually unschooled my son until, uh, until he went to play football and he wanted to have grades. So he went for kindergarten and part of first grade. And then he was unschooled until, um, I want to say ninth grade when he started football. And he was very, um, very specific that he wanted to have grades so that the scouts could see his grades because he was going to have good grades. And, and he <laughs> Whatever. I love, and that's his choice. That's what's so yeah. cool. Like he gets to make that choice. Yep. And that's yeah. why he did it. Like, because, like the reason he had good grades was not me. It was not me. The reason he made it to football practice was not me. I wasn't waking him up. But when you raise them like that, that unschool concept where they're actually responsible for their lives and they're still learning. And I mean, we could have like a complete conversation about this because I love the idea of unschooling and homeschooling. So why did you decide to unschool your son or was it your son or your daughter? It was my daughter. Uh, I just noticed that she was consistently like drained and unhappy, like before school, after school, her mental health was being affected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's that the school, the way that the public school system is set up, they only teach to one specific type of learner. And if you don't fit in that box, then you can feel not smart. You can feel like you don't fit in. You can feel um, like your self-confidence just plummets. And like I was seeing that in her and I thought about traditional homeschooling and I was like, God, I run two businesses. I can't do, I can't do, I mean, I can barely help her with her homework. Let's be honest. (laughs) Then I found this concept of unschooling somehow like online, like something showed up in my social media feed and right away, instantly I felt that I was like a screaming yes in my mind. And um, I introduced it to her and she said, absolutely, let's do it. And over the, since December, like she's like learned how to, to cook. She's planted the garden. She's growing a garden outside. She's been she's trying to learn Spanish and she, cause she has a trip set up with this, um, it's, it's not through the school, but it's called EF Educational something traveling. Anyways, a trip to uh, Costa Rica. So she's learning how to speak like the native language, and, yeah. and it's just it's so cool. And she like her confidence has skyrocketed, yeah. and she doesn't have to know like all of the traditional things that kids are are graded on and saying like, well, you know, you're you're good at this, you're bad at this. I don't think there's, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I, we could talk great. about this all day. Yeah, you learn to be free and not jump through hoops. So no, I love that. And yeah, when they get that, there's like Sudbury and Waldorf schools. That was what I wanted to send my son to. They don't have any here. 
So then it was like, and they are like that. They're very student led and the, um, the, uh, the whole idea is that you can learn things so much quicker. And I don't know if you found that, but we definitely found that, uh, with Zay, he would pick up, you know, his math and, you know, a week that it would have taken them nine weeks or whatever to do because he wanted to learn a certain yes. thing or he wanted to figure, you know, whatever out. So he's not just learning to test. He's learning for life. Like he could tell you anything about Greek mythology. He could tell you anything about the different weapons. He likes weapons, uh, <laughs> different, <laughs> different weapons and different wars and what use which war and all this stuff. I mean, the list goes on. So it's really exciting. I'm, I'm happy for her and happy for you that you're able to do that and just having an open mind. Yeah. Like yeah. the idea. Yeah. And I and I think a gift of of this pandemic is there's a lot of parents who are looking at the school system and trying to find alternative methods and yeah. I I'm hoping that they can like really look into seeing like what what's out there and like I cannot recommend unschooling enough and I know it varies state by state on uh, how easy it is to transition mm -hmm. to unschooling. Oregon is super easy. California, not so much. Um, um, so easy. it's mm -hmm. easy here. You just get into umbrella school, but any place, I know some places are, yeah, you're right. Some places are different. I was thankful that we could be, we could be here and do it. And uh, yeah, everybody's got to find what they have to find, but you know, your kid can be socialized. Your kid can be happy. You know, every year I ask Zay, do you want to go back to school? And he was like, no. Do you want to go back to school? No. He finally wanted to go back to school when the scouts were going to be there um, in his last year. He was like, yeah, I need to go to school. I'm ready. I'm like, all right, cool. You can go to school. So, uh, so yeah. Well, That's it awesome. was amazing talking to you. I'm telling you, we could like go forever because we have uh, lots of things and lots of ideas to to talk about. Well, I'm going to be launching something new soon where I'm going to be doing interviews as well. So we can continue the conversation on, on my new platform. I'd love to. I would love to. It's so exciting. If you guys want to find out about Rachel, you can look in the description in the show notes and you'll be able to um, find her. She's amazing. I recommend finding her, following her, listening to her, listen to Rachel. <laughs> would love to get to know some of you thanks so much for having me rebecca this has been a lot of fun yeah absolutely all right y'all see you next time bye